Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for September 13th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus, and right now I'm teaching on the parable of the talents. We've been studying this parable for weeks, and we've been learning about stewardship. We're going to flow in that vein today. Actually, I taught a Bible study last night uh, called God's Financial Plan Part 2, and some of the things that I shared in the Bible study, I'm going to share with you today, I'm going to share with you tomorrow, maybe even the next day. And so as we go through this, I want you to really open up your heart to receive. This is one of those moments where you really should sign up to get the notes. You go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address, you get all my notes every day for free. Why not sign up? When I go through everything I'm about to go through today, this is one of those days where you're like, man, if you had not signed up for the notes, you're going to be like, I should have signed up for the notes. So make sure you sign up and get the notes. Let's get ready for the word. You ready? So pearls from the parables part 56. The title of today's message is thinking like a steward for God. Say this, say I'm a steward, but I'm God's steward. There's different types of steward. Stewards, you can steward for other people, but you and I, we're stewarding for God. Let's talk about it. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Psalms 126 and verse four from the Passion Translation is actually a scripture that I want us to look at. We've been looking at the scripture every day, all year, uh, and it's a scripture that we're meditating on at our church because we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Let's restore us to the form of glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. So we're believing that if there's any area of your life that went dry, that in the season, the Lord is going to drench you again. You're going to get a fresh wind, fresh fire, fresh anointing. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. You got it? All right, so let's look at this parable once again, and then I'm going to share a bunch of other stuff that the Lord gave me to share with you. So uh, Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14, Jesus said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey. It's interesting that this is the last parable he taught right before he left. And so this is like, hey, you know, newsflash, pay attention. He says, a wealthy man went on a long journey, but before he left, he brought in the servants and he allocated some things to them. He gave them an assignment and they were supposed to be faithful over the assignment while he was gone, right? And to one, he gave five talents to another, two talents to another, one talent of gold, and he left. And while he was gone, the guy with five talents doubled the money. The guy with two talents doubled the money. The guy with one talent dug a hole and put it in the hole and did nothing with the money, okay? Well, God had given all the... the the owner had given these resources, it was according to their ability to manage. So after a long time had passed, and you know, Jesus has been gone a long time, but one day he's coming back. After a long time had passed, he came back and he wanted to settle accounts. He wanted to know, what did you do with what I gave you? Jesus is coming back, y'all. We need to be ready. So the one entrusted with five talents of gold said, hey, I doubled your money. And the owner said, well, you've been, you are a good and faithful steward. So what you did was you did well, right? You were faithful. You were loyal. He called, watch this, I love it. In the kingdom of God, the, this parable is equating increase to faithfulness. Because you increased it, you were faithful. Now you can enter into the joy of the Lord. As a matter of fact, you don't even know what I'm about to, I'm about to bless you so good. You've been faithful over little. I'm about to give you charge over much. The guy with two talents said, hey, I did the same thing. He said, well, you got the same reward. You've been faithful over little. I'm about to give you charge over much. Enter now 
into the joy of the Lord. The guy with one said, listen, I didn't do anything because I know that you're a shrewd businessman who gets rich off of the backs of other people. You reap what you have not even sown. I didn't do anything with your money. As a matter of fact, I didn't lose it, but I didn't do anything with it. Matter of fact, here you go. I don't even want it. Take it back. This man was called wicked. He was called lazy. He was called unfaithful, and he was cast out into the utter darkness. So what does this mean for you today? We've been looking at this parable for weeks. What I'm going to do today is I am going to connect this parable, which is talking about stewardship, uh, to us just being stewards, but stewards for God. Say, I am a steward for God. I'm going to explain. All right. I have three points to share with you in this morning. It's going to be a lot of content. Pay attention. And then tomorrow I'm going to flow in the same vein, right? I'm going to build on it. All right. So number one, learning from the White House chief steward position. So we're talking about stewardship. Let's, let's learn from the White House chief steward position. Today, and, so, and actually somebody's watching that works at the White House. Today, uh, the general manager of the White House, the, the person responsible for the building operations is known as the White House chief usher. Uh, this is a key position in the executive residence of the White House. Here's some of the, a list of just some of the things that this person or this position is responsible for. Administrative duties, overseeing the executive resident staff, including the butlers, the maids, the chefs, the florists, and other personnel. Managing the budget for the executive residence. Coordinating with the Secret Service and other security agencies to ensure the safety of the president and the first family. Event management responsibilities. Works closely with the first, I'm going somewhere y'all. Works closely with the first family uh, and the staff to plan, to coordinate, to execute official ceremonies, state dinners, other White House events. Ensures that all the logistical aspects of the events, such as seating arrangements, menus, decorations, is all taken care of. Household management responsibilities. Supervises the maintenance, the renovation, the preservation of the White House including the historic rooms and all the artifacts that are in the White House, coordinates with the first family on the personal needs and their preferences, such as meal planning, decor, you know, where all the artifacts are going to go, what are you going to display, and family events. Guest relations, manages the accommodations uh, for visitors, visiting dignitaries like and guests, ensuring that their stay is comfortable, ensuring that all the protocol standards are met acting as a liaison between the first family uh, and the resident staff to meet the needs of the guests as well. And then much, much more. Now, I'm bringing this up because this position known as the chief usher of the White House was originally called the chief steward. It was originally called the chief steward or just simply steward. So if you go back to the history of that position, it was originally the chief steward or just the steward of the White House. That's a better description, I believe, for what this person is doing. They are stewarding the White House. This is the person that is stewarding the White House. And in most cases, this person sees presidents and first families come and go, and they are responsible for stewarding the White House and what the White, the White House represents. This is a tremendous responsibility, especially when considering the magnitude of the people that are going in and out of the White House and the magnitude of the position, obviously the office of the president of the United States. So if you can understand the responsibility that this person has as the chief steward or the steward of the White House, 
then I hope that you can expand your capacity to believe God because I want you to know that you are a steward for God. Say, I'm God's steward. Like you are God's steward. You have divine stewardship responsibilities. I want you to believe on another level. The steward of the White House manages things for the highest position in the United States government. Got it. Working directly for the president. Got it. I understand that, right? Getting guidance directly from the president. I understand that. But watch this. Look at me. You are managing stuff for God. Like you are getting guidance directly from God. You are a steward for God. This person is like, oh, look at that position. That person gets to talk to the president. You get to talk to God. Think about that for a minute. One of the reasons why I was successful when I was on the army staff, uh, uh, there were multiple occasions where people were going in to see the secretary of the army or the chief staff of the army and, and the presentations didn't go well. And my leadership would say, hey, Rick, I need you to do it. Like, I need you to go in here and I would take the same content, but I would present it a different way and it was received. Well, one of the reasons why is because when I walked in, I was never intimidated. See, uh, uh, Spurgeon said, or it was either C.S. Lewis or Spurgeon said that a preacher would have to condescend to be a king. See, when I walk into the secretary of the army's office or I walk into the chief staff of the army's office, I know that if they're not born again, I will have to take a demotion to be them. Come on now. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. And so when you understand that you're getting your direction straight from the father, that you work directly for God, that you are God's steward and you're a conduit of God on this planet, that you're a God carrier, that he's your source. Come on. That you can walk into any room with a different mindset, a different mentality. You know that you watch this. The chief steward of the White House has access to all of the resources of this nation as it relates to the management of the White House. But you have access to all of the resources of the kingdom because you work directly for the king. Come on now. So you are walking with God is your source. Say God is my source. When you know that God is your source, when you know that you get to talk directly to the king, that you can go to him directly, you're spending time with him. He's spending time with you. He's telling you what he wants done. And now you go out and you steward or you manage what he tells you to do. I, if you understand this, you got to expand your capacity to believe God. You should never see yourself as lower than other people. You should never see yourself with a low self-esteem. We just prayed about that. You should never see yourself. Why? Because I work directly for the king. When people say, oh, you know, like uh, when a lot of times uh, uh, in corporate America or even in the Pentagon, but in corporate America, that you know, when they're going around the room and, and doing introductions, they'll say, introduce and they say, I am a direct report to blank. And so they like to say, I report directly to the CEO. I report directly to the C-suite. And what they're saying is, that's the level that I'm at. Well, let me tell you something. I report directly to God. <laughs> How about that? And so I'm God's steward. I, I report direct. I am a direct report to God. Put that in the chat. Say, I am a direct report to God. I am reporting to God directly. God is speaking to me directly. I am a direct report to God. He is my source. I am his steward. I mean, I got to take this, this role uh, seriously. Say amen to that. All right, you got it? All right, number two. Now, I'm going to bring in David now. This is going to be so good, y'all. Number two, God did not allow David to build the temple, but David was assigned the stewardship responsibility of raising funds so his son Solomon could build the temple. So, so we know the story. David was a man of war. And because he was a man of war, God said, you're not going to build the temple. Your son is going to build it. But God did give David the responsibility of raising the money in order to build the temple. So his part was to steward raising the money. Solomon's part was to steward building the temple. You got it? All right, so in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, 
verses one through nine from the easy to read version. And I'm going to come back to this passage tomorrow. I'm going to break this passage down tomorrow. Today, I'm kind of introducing this to you. First Chronicles chapter 29, verses one through nine, easy to read, beginning at verse one. The Bible says, King David said to all of the Israelites who gathered together, he said, God chose my son, Solomon. Solomon is young and he does not know all that he's going to need to get this building done. But the work is very important because the house is not for people. The house is for the Lord. So I have done my best to provide what is needed for the building of my God's temple. I have given, this is what he said, I'm going to start the giving myself. I, as a leader, I'm going to set the tone, right? Say leader, set the tone. I, I, I'm not going to say do as I do, but not do as I say. I'm going to teach you and I'm going to set the tone. I'm going to be the first to give. Leaders should be the first to give. He says, I've given gold for the things that, that God said are supposed to be made of gold. I've given silver for the things that God said are supposed to be made of silver, bronze for the things of bronze, uh, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood. I've also given onyx stones because God told me about these, God showed me these onyx stones. God showed me mosaic tiles. God showed me valuable stones, different colors. He even showed me white marble stones. So I gave all that stuff. Why? Because that's what God said we were supposed to give because that's what he wanted. That's part of his vision. Verse three, I'm making a special gift of gold and silver for the things that are going to God's temple. I'm doing this because I really want the temple of my God to be built. I'm giving all of these things for the building of the holy temple. I have given, here we go. I'm gonna break this down tomorrow. I'm gonna tell you how much money this is. I've given 110 tons of pure gold. That's 220,000 pounds of gold, by the way. He says, I've given 110 tons of pure gold. I've given 263 tons of pure silver. Uh, because the silver has to cover all the walls. That's what I saw in the vision, and we got to fulfill the vision. Verse five, I've given gold and silver for all of the things that are supposed to be made of gold and silver. I've given gold and silver so that the skilled men can make all different kinds of things for the temple, the things that I saw in the vision. Now, how many of you Israelites are ready to give now? He says, now that I'm the leader and I set the tone and this is what I gave, how many of you are ready to give? Verse six, the family leaders and the leaders of the tribes of, of Israel and the generals and the captains and the officials responsible for the king's work, they said, well, let's give now. All of the leaders said, what? Well, I turn, let's go ahead and give. So this is a, these are the things that they gave. They gave 190 tons of gold, 375 tons of silver. I'm gonna tell you how much money this is tomorrow. 675 tons of bronze, 3,750 tons of iron. People who had valuable stones, they gave it for the building of the Lord's temple. Uh, uh, and so there was a man named Jehiel who took care of all the valuable stones. He was from the Gershon family. I love how, how the Bible just kind of slid his name in like that. The people were very happy because the leaders were willing to give so much. The leaders had given freely to the Lord. Their heart was in their giving, and David was very happy too. Now, what does this mean about stewardship? It means everything about stewardship. David, David was responsible for raising the offering, and he knew that his son was going to be responsible for building the temple. God gives us a vision. Dave, God gave David a vision of what, the build, of, of what the temple was supposed to look like, so he had to raise it, right? See, God gives you a vision. Say, God gives me a vision. God gives you a vision for the things that he wants done on this planet. And then once you have the vision, then you got to believe that if God gave you the vision, the provision is already stored up. Where did the money come from? It came from because the vision was there. Then the vision drew the provision. As stewards, we're not responsible for coming up with the provision. The only one who's responsible for coming up with the provision is the one who gave the vision. And so the vision came from God. So the provision had to come from God. God has already stored up. Look at me, put in the chat, say God has already stored up the provision for the vision. What we have to do is receive the vision, no matter how big it is, 
right? This is amazing. You're going to learn tomorrow that this was a multi-billion dollar project that took seven and a half years to build. And he received the vision and he cast the vision and he was not moved by the magnitude nor the size of the vision. You can't be scared. Like God owns everything. Let, let me go back to the White House analogy, right? So the chief White House steward, when the president gives them direction, the chief steward doesn't have to come up with the money to do what they were instructed to do. They just have to execute on the guidance given by the president, right? But why? Because they believe that if the leadership gave guidance and they're executing on that guidance, then the resources will be released and allocated in accordance with that guidance. And so in accordance with the directions of the president. Likewise, look at me, when God gives you a vision, say, God gives me a vision. God gives you a vision for your household. God gives you a vision for your family. Matter of fact, I know somebody that's watching right now that's building a, a, a beautiful home. This is like their forever home and it's taking years to build, but God gave them the vision. And so when God gives you the vision, now when you're doing a project like that, I've been through many of those projects. When you're doing a project like that, sometimes the devil comes in and you get thoughts like, oh my God, where's, where's the money going to come from? Where's, where's the money going to come from? How long is this going to take? Where's the money going to come from? Stop. Where did the vision come from? I'm, try, I'm helping you. Where did the vision come from? If the vision came from God, then the provision is already stored up. Come on now. If the vision came from God, then the provision is already stored up. Your job is to cast the vision. Your job is to keep the vision before you. And watch this. The provision will be released at just the right time. God gave David a vision for the temple. You're the steward. You're not the owner. Remember that. Solomon was the one that was supposed to build it. David was the one that was supposed to raise the resources for it. David knew that the vision came from God. Therefore, the provision had to come from God. Now watch this. In the vision, David saw gold, those things made of gold, silver, those things made of silver, bronze, those things made of bronze, iron, those things made of iron, wood, those things made of wood, uh, marble, white marble stones. Uh, he saw onyx stones. He saw precious stones. Okay. So since he saw that in the vision, where did the vision come from? The vision came from God. So now when it comes time to raise it, right? The provision, the provision has to come from who? Has to come from God. So what, what came? What was given? Everything he saw in the vision. That's what was given. Why? Because the vision, you're just a steward. You're not the owner. You, you don't have to come up with this stuff. Listen, say this, put this in the chat. The demand will attract the supply. Put that in the chat. The demand will attract the supply. When you have a demand from God, the demand will attract the supply. What you have to do is cast the vision. God gives you the vision, you're casting the vision. Now, when you write, you take the vision, Habakkuk 2 says you should take the vision and write it down, right? David cast the vision before the people, but you should take the vision and write it down, right? At some point, David had to like communicate what he saw in the vision so that they could build the plans for the temple so that his son could build it right? And he had to say, hey, I saw gold over here, so all of this stuff got to be made of gold. I saw silver over here, or the walls got to be covered in silver. I saw, you, you, you see what I'm saying? So you got to write it down. Now, this may be a business plan, right? 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 This may be a proposal. This might be a project overview, whatever it is. But if the vision came from God, your job is to write it down, to cast the vision, to communicate it. And you got to believe that the provision is already stored up. I'm helping somebody. Uh, say, say, I'm a steward. Uh, I'm a steward for God. Listen, you got to know that the demand is going to attract the supply. If the vision came from God, then the provision will come from God. Let me, let me go back to the White House for a minute. The White House chief steward today, I don't know this personally, but I would assume that the White House chief steward today puts in requests, right, for the resources. And maybe those requests are, are 
actually input on software and forms. Well, we put in requests too, but we don't use software and forms. We use prayer and faith. Come on. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Lord, Lord, I'm going back to God and I'm putting in a request. Lord, I believe that you gave me this vision for our business. I believe that you gave me this vision for our children. I believe that you gave me this vision for our marriage. I believe that you gave me this vision, right? And so I believe that you told me that my this must my son or my child that's in school is going to graduate with no student loans. And so, Father, right now, I don't have the money to pay it all off, but the vision came from you. I believe you put that in my spirit. You woke me up in the middle of the night and you said no student loans. And so, so my child is going to graduate with no student loans. That word came from you. And since that word came from you and the vision came from you, the provision has to come from you. I don't know where it's coming from, but well, I, I'm going to lift up the vision. Come on now. All I got to do is lift up the vision. And I believe that the demand is going to attract the supply. And the and so it's coming from somewhere, but I'm just going to lift it up. Why? Because I'm not the owner. I'm the steward. I'm helping somebody. Come on now. All right. Number three, number three, last point for today. I'm going to keep flowing in this vein tomorrow. This is so good. I want to high five myself. Jesus. Number three, let's learn from the prayer that David prayed when he lifted up the offering. Oh my God. So then he, when everything was collected, this is what David prayed. He prayed this. Look at this prayer. I love this prayer. First Chronicles chapter 29, beginning at verse 10, going all the way down to verse 17. Then David praised the Lord in front of all the people who were gathered together. And David said, Lord God, the God of Israel, our father, may you be praised forever and ever. Greatness, power, glory, victory, honor, they all belong to you because everything in heaven and everything on earth, it all belongs to you. The kingdom belongs to you, Lord. You are the head. You are the ruler of everything. Riches and honor come from you. You rule everything. You have the power and the strength in your hand, and in your hand is the power to make anyone great and powerful. Now, oh God, we thank you, and we praise your glorious name. All these things didn't come from me. All these things didn't come from my people. Mm. We're just stewards. All these things came from you. We are only giving back to you out of the things that came from you. We are only strangers traveling through this world like our ancestors. Our time down here is limited. Our time on the earth is like a passing shadow. We cannot stop it. Lord, our God, we gathered all of these things for the building of your temple. We build it to honor your name. But but all of these things have come from you. Everything belongs to you. You're, we're just the stewards. Verse 17, my God, I know that you test people and that you are happy when people do what is right. I gladly give you all of these things with a pure and an honest heart. And I see that your people are gathered here and they are happy in their giving and they are giving these things unto you. What a prayer. My God, what a prayer. I love that thing. What is it saying? This is, this is like a masterclass. This prayer, as I close, this is my last point for today. This prayer is like a masterclass on stewardship. This prayer, let me break down this prayer so I can let you go. This prayer is like a masterclass on stewardship. David starts by saying, listen, greatness and power and glory and victory and honor. It all belongs to you. That sets the tone, right? God is the source of everything. Then he says, riches and honor come from you. You rule everything. So that's saying, listen, you're, you're in charge and we're not. I'm remembering you're my source. I'm not the source. David then says, all of these things didn't come from me. They didn't come from my people. All of these things came from you. He's saying, we're just stewards. We're, we're just managers. All of this stuff comes from you. It's not about us. It's all about you. Oh my God. Then David says, Lord, our God, we gathered all of these things to build your temple and we build it to honor your name. But all of these things have come from you. 
everything belongs to you. He's saying, listen, I, I got to keep repeating myself. Everything comes from you. You're the owner. We're just stewards. We're just managers. It's all about you. It's all about your vision. It's all about your glory. It's all about whatever you want done. And David then ends with, I see your people here. They're gathered and they're happy that they're giving. I'm happy that we're giving and we get to do this. Watch this. This is not something I've got to do. This is something that we get to do. Say amen to that. Let me go back to the White House chief steward for a minute. The White House chief steward, he puts in his request. Uh, uh, like I said, through those forms, we're putting in our request through prayer. We're putting in our request through faith. And we believe that we're releasing our faith to receive what's already been provided. We believe that it's already done. We, we are God's steward. We should be excited about the opportunity to do whatever the, the, the Lord tells us to do. I'm a direct report to God. And whatever God tells me to do, I'm going to do this. So as you head into this day, last thing I'll tell you, you are God's steward. You are not the source. Put in the chat, say, I am not the source. You are not the source. You are not the source. God is the source. Your job is to, to manage or to steward God's resources faithfully for his glory in accordance with his vision. And when you do, you better get ready. And when you do, because you better get ready, because then God will release the resources at just the right time. And he has resources that you didn't even know were available. Why? Because he owns everything everywhere. Say amen to that. Oh my God, this is good. I'm going to flow in the same vein tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm a, I'm a, this is going to be good. Y'all ready? You need to tell people about this. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. This is a message you might need to listen to again. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I boldly declare, you are my source. Your resources have no end. I am not limited by what I see because I serve a limitless God. I recognize that just like David had a vision for the temple, you give me a vision for my life and you've already stored up everything I would ever need to get it done. So I move out in faith without a doubt, without wavering. And I know that the resources will be released at just the right time. So I declare that I'm aligned with your vision. I write it down. I make it plain, whether it's a business plan or a budget or a proposal, I just trust that the demand will attract the supply. So Father, I understand that prayer and faith are my tools to submit the request. So I use them to align myself with you. I declare that I have joy and excitement in managing your resources because I'm bringing glory to your name. And living with this mindset, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm gonna have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. Why would you not get my notes? These notes are gold and you get it for free. I'm giving it to you for free. All right, so sign up and get the notes for free. Listen, do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible. 
in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.